Come on, somebody. I'm Darren, and I'm one of the pastors here at Focus, and I get to say, happy five years. Come on. Come on. And counting. And counting. And that's what I think is so important for us is, is to know that, that we have just begun. We have just begun the good work that God has for us today. And I, I don't know about you, but when I think back in the five years, or just, or just even today as I'm sitting here looking around, that, that I'm overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed by what God has done. I'm, I'm overwhelmed by the stories that I get to be able to see. I look around and I see faces, and I know what God has done, and, and I'm, I'm overwhelmed by that. And the great news is that I have for you is that that's exactly how God wants us to live. He wants us to, to be overwhelmed by the good works that he's doing inside of our life. Today, what I want to do is I want to I talk about two key passages, two key verses in scripture that have been foundational to who we are as a church. The core of who we are as focus is truly driven by these two passages. The first one is, is what I believe God's plan for all of us. It's what God's plan is for, for your life. It's what God's plan is for my life. It's what God's plan is for our church. To live an overwhelmed life. And we see that, we see God's plan for us found in John 10.10. 10. And it says this, that says that the world, the thief is coming to try to kill, steal, and destroy. Like that's, that's what culture, that's what the world is really, want to see us get right to the edge of, of life and then all of a sudden the next thing you know you're falling off the edge and people are like, oh I'm shocked that you did that, right? But that's what the world is trying to do, is to destroy our marriages, to destroy our integrity, to destroy our thinking. That's, what, that's the kind of life that, that we live in in this world. But God's plan is something very different. God's plan is for you to experience life. God's plan is for you to experience true life. And not just any kind of life, life to the full. Jesus said, the reason why I have come is to give you life. Somebody say life. life. That's what God's plan is for you. But not just, it's not just any life, it's, not, it's, it's a full life. And then we love that word that is used in the Greek language that explains what the full life is. When it says the full, it's parasauce. Somebody say parasauce. Well, God's plan for your life is to live a parasauce life. Because we know this, that, that one Chick-fil-A sauce is not enough. You need a parasauce to live exceedingly and abundantly. Come on, somebody. Right? That's what I'm talking about. So I don't know about you, but I want to be able to live a parasauce kind of life. I don't want to just one Chick-fil-A sauce. I want to be able to live a parasauce kind of life. God's plan for you is to live a parasauce life. Parasauce means this. It means exceedingly and abundantly. Exceedingly and abundantly. You don't have to settle just for what the world has to offer. See, I think that that's what happens too many times for Christians is that we just completely settle. We just settle for what this world has instead of striving after the things of God. You might believe in God, but you have stopped trusting in him and you just trust yourself instead. And God says, hey, I, I have come to give you life. The kind of life that I have planned for you is exceedingly and abundantly more than you could ever imagine. I believe that that's what God's plan is for your life. 
is to live in exceedingly in abundance. That's what I believe. I believe that that's what God has for our church as well. Come on, somebody. Not to just, not to just be a church that settles for safety. I don't want to be a church that just settles for safety. That says, oh, we want to just be in a safe environment where I can come in on a Sunday morning, I can pat myself on the back and feel good that I went to church, and then I can go on and I can live the way that I want to live for the rest of the week. That's a safe way to be able to do church. But we don't want to be able to settle for safety. We want to be able to strive after the dangerous things that God has, which is doing what? Which is living for Him. How many of you know that we live in a culture today that it is dangerous to live for Jesus? Even in this free society that we have, we're not, come on, how many of y'all think that we truly live in a free society, right? We live in a politically correct society that tells us that living for Jesus is a dangerous thing to do. So we want to be a dangerous church. That's an exceedingly and abundant kind of church that I want to be part of. I don't want to settle for the things of this world. I want to strive after the parasol's life that God has for us. Can I get an amen today? I don't want to settle for just one Chick-fil-A sauce. I want to have a parasauce. I want to have that kind of life. What kind of life do you want? Because there's too many times that we get, we get to Chick-fil-A and they ask you what kind of sauce that you want. And too many times we just say, I just want one. We got a parasauce waiting for you. Guess what? It's available for everybody. But there's too many times that we just settle. The parasauce life is available for you. You just have to ask for it. Today, you can ask for that kind of life. There's some teenagers back there trying to get that. That's what I'm talking about. You don't have to settle for that. It's available to everybody. It's available for you today. Are you going to ask for it? I believe that God has that plan for our church. In fact, what I ask for for our church is that we will live in exceedingly abundance life. I want to see that for our church. I want to see that happen in each and every single one of your lives. And here's the reality. Here's what I know. I know that our church is living in the Parasaus life. Because when I look back at the last, when I look back at the last five years, I can see faces and I see testimonies and I see stories of how God has impacted you. I get to be able to hear those things. But I know that, that some, of you don't, some of you don't get to be able to hear that all of the time. And, and so today what I want to do is I want to be able to kind of I want to share some stories. I want to share some numbers of what God has done in the last five years. And because here's what I know. I know it's five years and counting. And so I want to be able to, to have you get encouraged and understand that we, we truly are living. Our church is living in the Parasauce movement that God has for us. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you some, some kind of numbers today, some statistics of what God has done and if, you, if this applies to you, one of these things that we've gone through, then I want you to raise up your little, it says, I am one, right? Like, I want you to raise that up and say, like, yes, that is me. I've been impacted in this kind of area. So, uh, so one of those things that we have done over the last five years is that we have served over 15,000 mini cinnamon rolls in five years. Anybody have one of those? I am one. There you go. That's what I'm talking about, right? Like, so that's, like, that's the kind of thing that you would say, yes, I, I'm, I'm one of those. Or for maybe for some of you, and I think this one is a pretty powerful one, that, that if you haven't noticed, uh, that we're, we're a church plant that is, is portable, which means that we meet in a space that's not our own building. Uh, and we are incredibly blessed 
uh, to be in Sequoia, and we are so thankful for them. But because of that, we have to set up and tear down every single week. Like, that takes time. Uh, in fact, we had a lot of people that were still doing that earlier this morning of, of fixing some of the gear to set up and tear down because we got to tear down. They got schooled again tomorrow. It's amazing how Monday just keeps rolling around, right? <laughs> so in the last five years, and this is about an average, but in the last five years that we have spent 610 hours setting up and tearing down. Anybody who's ever been a part of that, come on. Thank you so much for doing that and investing you're making an impact and seeing lives get changed because you have taken the time to impact somebody. I know that we're living in the parasos kind of life that God has for our church because, because I can tell you that, that today we just heard from an amazing couple with Seamus and Shannon were up here and, and saying how God has impacted uh, their marriage. And I know just on a personal level that Jenny and I, that we have walked through and we have seen the restoration of 10 different marriages in the last 10 years. If you're one of those people, I want you to raise it up. Come on, that's what I'm talking about. In fact, not only that, but, but we, had, we had over 20 couples that were part of our first forever conference. Come on, if you were part of that, raise that up. That's what I'm talking about. And I can't wait till February. Uh, you saw so that video had some of our, our closest pastor friends. Those are all ARC related churches, and Christian Aranza, he's the dude that had the little stain, uh, he's going to be leading our, he's going to be leading our next uh, forever conference in February, and the story of redemption in he and his wife's life, powerful, you are not going to want to miss the forever conference coming up in February, no doubt about that, I know, I know that our church is living in the Parasos life, and I know that, that we believe in the principle of generosity because God calls us to be generous and willing to share. And I know without a shadow of a doubt that we're living that and we're walking that out in the example because in the last, in the last five years, we have had 114 random acts of generosity given out to people here in our church, given out to people outside of our church. And some of you in here today were part of that. So if you have been, if you have contributed to that, or if you have said, yes, I've been a recipient of that, man, raise that sign up. Like random acts of generosity have happened all the way from giving a car away on a Sunday morning to one year, we gave every single person $10 bill to go out and have an end of generosity. Powerful, right? It was so amazing to see what God is doing. And not only in that light, like, man, the generosity of our church to be able to function as a church, but then also believing that, how many of y'all know that we believe in building the kingdom and not just building our church, right? We want to build our house in the kingdom, but we are definitely kingdom-minded more than anything else. And over the last five years, we have given over $127,000 to missions. If you have participated with that, come on, somebody. I am one. I love it so much. And I can't, I believe that this is just the beginning of that. Like we have missionaries, we've, we've supported missionaries in England and Europe and in Asia and, and, and in places that we can't even say in the Middle East. Like we have supported missionaries and, and I get it. I'm, I'm happy to say that next month that we are starting to support our very first missionary to Africa. Come on, love it so much. Not just to individuals who are going out and spreading the gospel, but also for some feeding organizations. Feed my starving children. Feed one powerful things that we are part of we are also we believe we're a church plant and we believe that we need to see more churches 
Because I know that even though, man, we got a lot of seats filled that we need to fill some more seats. But I can tell you this, if every single one of these seats that were filled in here, we would still not have enough for every single person meeting in Eastmark. And my goal is not to see every single seat filled. My goal is to see every single person come to know Jesus, right? Come on. We need more churches. And we support church plants. That's what ARC is all about, is building and planting more life-giving churches and communities all across this country. And that's why we believe in it so much. We believe in missions. And I'll tell you what, this right here, this is the thing that I am passionate about seeing bump up in the next year. I want to see our efforts, I want to see our efforts go up dramatically. In fact, I can tell you today that we're going to start doubling our giving to ARC. Come on, somebody. We're going to start doubling to see what we can do in planting more churches across America. That's what I believe in. I want to see us begin to, to just live out generosity. God has given us an ability to be overwhelmed with the blessings that he has for us. And so we, in turn, want to be a blessing to the world around us. Let's see our church continue to build the kingdom. I know that we are living a parasauce kind of life. I know that our church is living in the parasauce kind of life because in the last five years, I'm happy to be able to say this to you, and this is the one that gets me the most excited, is that in the last five years that we have seen 62 people get baptized. Anybody in here get baptized here at our church? Come on, somebody. I am one. That's what I'm talking about. 62 people getting baptized and counting. Seeing lives get changed in a powerful way. That's what we're all about. We're here to be able to, to worship Jesus. We're here to be able to, to give him all the glory and all the honor. And our hope is that, is that somebody in here is going to have their life and their heart changed in the exact same way that God has changed and healed my heart. The way that God has changed and healed your heart. I know that we're living in the parasauce life. It's exceedingly and abundantly more. But what happens when it doesn't feel like that, right? Because like I, I look around and I can see so many of you that I know that are, are living in that parasol's life. You just sometimes, sometimes we just forget about it. Sometimes we, 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 we realize, why? Because it doesn't feel like we are. Because it's, it's easy to think about living a parasol's life when, when you get to see cool numbers like that and you get motivated and you get excited and you're like, yeah, I'm ready to do this, yeah. And then all of a sudden, something really tough comes along, right? And it sure doesn't feel like a parasol's life. Anybody, anybody got an IM1 sign on that one, right? Yeah. Those are tough moments. It's really cool to be able to hear Seamus and Shannon talk about their marriage. It's really cool for, for us to be able to see emotion from Eric and Renee and saying that we got to walk through some tough times. But that tough time, boy, it was tough. What about when it doesn't feel like it? Does that mean that I'm living in the parasol's life in a moment and then the next moment I'm not? What do we do then? And that's the second key verse that we have that drives us as a church and that's found in Philippians 3.14. Come on. It says, I press on. Somebody say, press on. press on. When it doesn't feel like you're living in the parasol's life, what do you do in that moment? Do you just give up and quit? No, no, no. Paul says, I press on. I press on towards what? Toward the goal to win. I want to win. Anybody in here want to win? Yeah. I, wanna, I believe in winning. 
Because anybody who says that they don't believe in winning, you haven't won enough, all right? Because like, can we just admit winning is more fun, isn't it? Yeah. Winning is fun, right? Like, Amen. it just is. I want to win in life, and I know how to win in life. You want to know how to win in life? To win the prize for which God has called me. God has called me. God has called me to a life. What kind of life? A life that is exceedingly and abundantly more. I'm winning when I'm living my life towards the calling that God has for me. I'm winning when I'm living the life that God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I press on. When it doesn't feel like I'm living in the parasol's life, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to press on. I'm going to take another step. I'm going to wake up in the morning, and I'm going to get my feet out of bed, and I'm going to press on. You might try to be able to push me down. Hey, the more you try to press me down, the more that I'm going to press on. I'm going to win with God on my side because that's where everything comes from. But when we don't feel like it, when it doesn't feel like we're there, all of a sudden, that's when we want to quit. Well, look what Paul says right before this in verse 13. He says, brothers and sisters, that's us right here. I'm here to tell you, brothers and sisters. I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. Five years and counting. And counting. And I look around and I can see that, man, God has done an amazing work inside of us. But I don't think that we've accomplished it yet. We're still going. We haven't accomplished everything that God has for us yet. See, here's what happens is that too often... Too often, we, we don't press on because we get distracted by things. We get distracted living a life towards God. World, man, like, let's just be honest. Life gets in the way at times, doesn't it? Life gets busy. Life is pulling you in this direction. There's different stresses that we have, and, and it's pulling us, and we lose our focus, which is why he said, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. See, what distracts us? The thing that Paul's talking about that distracts us so often is the past, right? The past can distract us from going towards the things that God has for us. The past distracts us from, from pressing on towards the goal that God has for us. The past distracts us from going towards the calling that God has for us. The past, the past can be some great things. We get distracted by the good things of the past. Because I know that nobody in here has ever thought about the good old days, right? Man, the good old days, they were, they were so much better. We romanticize and we think about the good things of the past without thinking that God has greater things in store for us. And we're holding on to the past without allowing ourselves to grasp after the greater things that God has for us. The good things of the past can be a distraction for us. Or how about the pain of the past? Whew. How am I supposed to grasp hold? How am I supposed to live a life of forgiveness when I refuse to forgive that pain that I've experienced? It's so hard to be able to get past the pain of the past, isn't it? But when we don't, we're losing out. We're going to lose out on everything that God has for us for right here in the present and the future that he has. 
we're so focused on the past that we have no idea where we're going. That's why Paul says, I press on. I press on. My hope for you today is that you, you don't have your focus upon the past, about the good things of the past. Oh man, this is how great things were then, and I want to be able to hold on to the things that... But God has so much more in store for you. But you can't grasp hold of those things unless you let go. Some of you in here today, you need to let go of your pain. You need to forgive somebody today so that you can yourself can receive forgiveness. Some of you in here today, you need to let go of all that past so that you can go after the things of God. I press on. But it's still so hard, isn't it? Like, I mean, let's just be realistic. Like, it's easy for me to talk about on a Sunday when you're not dealing with it, but then all of a sudden when you got to deal with all of that junk, you're like, on a Sunday, I feel, man, I'm ready to go after it. I'm ready to do this. I'm ready to do that. But then all of a sudden, Wednesday hits, and you're like, oh, what did we talk about on Sunday? I have no idea. Right? It's, so why? Why is it that so many people struggle? Why is it that so many people, why is it that we struggle to live the parasol's life? Like, if that's what God has for us, then why is it so hard to grasp hold of it? Why is it so hard to live in it? Well, here's the reason why I think that it's so hard for so many of us. Is because if we're going to win, if, if we're going to run this race and we want to accomplish everything that God has for us, see, too many times we're, we're running our race off of motivation instead of running our race off of vision. That's what's, that's what's wrong. That's what so many of us, we get... We get into a place where, where we're feeling pain, we're feeling stress, and when that happens, motivation is out the window, right? Like, I mean, motivation is powerful, isn't it? Motivation, like you, you want to have be motivated to go after something, but then all of a sudden, once that motivation is gone, you're like, ah, right? Like you wake up one day and you're like, oh, I don't want to get up and do this anymore, right? I'm sick and tired. Some of y'all know this to be true, because anybody in here ever been on a diet? Right? Like you're on a diet, and, and when you go on a diet, you're like, yes, I'm ready to do this. I am so motivated, right? And you're like, the first couple of days, you're like, man, I'm hungry, but, but, but man, I'm going after this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tackle this thing. I've got this, right? And then, and then all of a sudden, uh, you're at work or you're someplace, you're just driving down the 202, and you just see the big Arby's sign. We got the meats for Darren. That's what they got right there. That's what, it's not for any of you. They just make it specifically for me. Like a, and all of a sudden, what happens? The motivation is out the window. You're like, you know what? I am sick and tired of kale. Who in the world thought kale was a food? This is not a food. It's just a leaf, right? Like, if somebody talks to me about kale one more time, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to punch somebody in the kale is what I'm going to do, right? <laughs> if somebody says the word keto, I don't even know if that's how you pronounce it. It's a, this weird-sounding name. Like, I don't even know. Anybody ever been there before? You're motivated for the first couple of weeks, and then you're just like, come on, somebody please pass the Shake, sugar, shake Shack, right? Like, I want a Shake Shack burger. If you have not been to Shake Shack Burger, come on, somebody. <laughs> we'll go right afterwards. I'll take you 
You need to experience it. It is fabulous and it will change your life. It'll change your diet too, but man. See what happens is that we're motivated for a little while and then the next thing we know, now I'm done with that. Motivation, motivation is fleeting. Motivation is driven by feelings, but vision is driven by faith. Motivation is here for a little while, but vision, vision is your direction. Vision is your direction. See, when you go on a diet and you have this, I'm motivated to want to be able to lose some weight. But then all of a sudden, when you put a goal inside of yourself, no, I'm going towards this goal. I have a vision for how I want to be able to look. I have a vision for my health. I have a vision. I want to see my blood pressure get down to these numbers. I have a vision. I have a goal in mind. And today I don't feel like it, but you know what? My feelings, my feelings can change after just a good night's sleep. My feelings can change by the amount of water that I drink in a day. I'm not trying to live my life based on my feelings. I'm trying to live my life based on the faith that God has given me. I don't want to just have motivation. I want to have a vision for my life. I want to have a vision for our church. I want to have a vision for where God is taking us. Because then when it gets hard, I will press on. Because I'm here to tell you today that there's going to be some hard times. The Parasos life, exceedingly and abundantly more, doesn't mean that it's going to be an easy life. It means that it's a life that is overwhelming to you. And that you will press on when you have a vision inside of your life. Which is why God has given us as a vision of focus to lead people to focus on Jesus. To have your vision in the right direction. I will press on. Because my focus, my focus will not deter. My vision is upon the calling that God has for me. And I might not feel like it in this moment. Well, I just had some tough news. I just had some tough times that I just went through. But it doesn't matter. Because I will press on. Because my vision is upon Jesus. Fix your eyes upon Jesus. The one who began your faith and the one who's going to finish it. You fix your eyes upon Jesus and not on the things of this world. You're living the Parasos life. It's here for you today. It's available for you. And even if you don't feel like it, I will press on. Church, I've got, I've got one more number for you today. One more number to maybe get your focus back in the right place. To realign the vision that God has for your life. And to be able to show you that our church and you can live a life that is exceedingly and abundantly more. I got one more number for you. And that's the number one. Just this past week, we got some amazing news. Over the summer, we got some horrible news. Some of you have gotten news like this before. You're going to see the doctor, and uh, there's a diagnosis. How many love that word, right? The diagnosis came back with cancer. 
and and Frankie called me. Frankie called me on a on a Friday night, and he said, Pastor uh, Cassandra has lymphoma that just wraps around her entire belly, all the organs. It's just it's just all over. And so we started walking through that process with them, believing that God can believing that God can do miracles. And we just began to pray and believe and trust in God. And two weeks ago, two weeks ago, uh, Pastor Jessica, there was a friend of hers that, that the prayer team and that the leadership was praying for who had cancer, and, uh, and, and we got, a, we got a, a clean bill of health. It was cancer-free. Two weeks ago, and we got that news just last week that, that, that she was cancer-free. Come on, somebody, right? And when, and when I, texted, I texted Frankie, and I was like, hey, great news. Pastor Jessica's friend is cancer-free. And, and I said, and I can't wait to be able to celebrate Cassandra as well. And church, I'm here to tell you today that we've seen one miracle happen, and Cassandra's sitting over there cancer-free today. Come on, somebody. Church, would you please stand with me today? The parasol's life means that we are trusting God with everything inside of us. And the great news that I have for you today is that that number one, that number one is Cassandra sitting over there. But the greatest miracle that, that God has done inside of Cassandra's life is not healing her of cancer. The greatest miracle that, that God has done inside of Cassandra's life is the saving of her soul. That Jesus came down to the earth and that he hung upon a cross and he died just for Cassandra. The great news that I have for you today is that that number one, that number one is you. That Jesus left the 99 to go after the one. That Jesus left everything to go after you. He loves you so much that he gave up everything. He loves you so much that he wants to be able to have you experience the Parasos life. He has come to this earth. He died on the cross. He rose again and ascended into heaven so that you may have life. The number that I want you to remember today is this, is the number one. And Jesus has given you life. Church, can we please praise him today? reckless love of God has come for you today and if you have never said yes to Jesus today is your day it's available for all 
You just have to ask for it. Jesus is here waiting and wanting a relationship with you, waiting and want to give you the life that he has for you. You just simply say yes to him today. And if you want to be able to say yes to Jesus today, you just say yes by slipping your hand up right now. Nobody's looking around. People are praising God. People are worshiping him. People are praying. If you want to say yes to Jesus, just raise your hand up right now. Jesus, in this moment, I say yes to you. I give you my life. I want to say yes to relationship with you. And I want to accept the life that you have for me. Today, today is the day. Today is the day that I stop messing around. Today is the day that I worship you. Change my life. Change my heart. Save me. Allow me to be with you. Jesus, powerful name. And all God's people said, amen, amen and amen. Come on, church, can we praise him one more time? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Man, I don't know about you, but I love me some Jesus. Anybody here love me some Jesus? Come on, somebody. I mean, I love you some Jesus in here. I love me some Jesus. Hey, powerful message today. I hope that you're encouraged. But here's the other thing that I know. I know that, I know that we want to have a powerful time, but, but man, I have a vision for what God has for our future. And that is a vision of a party for Jesus. Come on, somebody. So here's what I want to do. I want to be able to have us partied up a little bit. We got to change the tone in here a little bit, right? Let's change the atmosphere up in here a little bit. We got to get a little bit excited. I want to be able to have some people dancing out on, on their way out of here because there's a lot of sugar. Church, come on. There's a lot of sugar that is out there. You need to have some sugar just to keep up with your kids as they're going to be on the bounce houses. There's a big party that's out there. We need to change the atmosphere. We need to create a party. Let's go ahead and praise him in a big way. Oh, I'm going to live like my chains are gone.